listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Good to see you. Glad you're on. I'm glad you're here, Preston. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, I like the topic for today. It's something very important. Yeah, it is. And, uh, yeah. The, um, the thing, that if you don't know my cousin Preston, um, many of you know that I, after Bible school, moved to Virginia Beach. The Lord spoke to me to move and be a help to my uncle, Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth, uh, as the Lord had him launching Dominion Christian Center in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And um, Preston is my uncle, Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth's oldest son, and uh, is preaching. He's an evangelist, traveling, holding revivals, meetings, and um, God's using him mightily. My My father was saying, Preston showed up to one of the tent meetings this summer, and my father just had him get up and, and kind of greet the crowd, but the power of God hit as he was exhorting. My dad said later, I should have just had him preach the whole service. The anointing <laughs> was on it. And so, an anointing, we were talking last night about how thankful we are that God has blessed our family and, uh, and used our family. It's yeah. really a humbling thing to think about yeah. that everybody in your family is a preacher serving the Lord and also in full-time ministry. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I also think that God right now is raising up a lot of young preachers, and uh, I see that everywhere. There's a lot of young people are getting hungry, and um, it's exciting to see. And I'm just starting out. I went to Bible school in Ohio. I went to a place called Valor Christian College, which is in Columbus, Ohio. Finished school there now uh, almost three years ago, and now my third full-time year of evangelism, traveling on the road. And uh, I chose a very interesting time to begin traveling, Teddy. Right, right as, right um, as the pandemic hit. <laughs> yeah, I thought, you know what? You know what's a good time to start a traveling ministry is March of 2020. Yeah, um, or but, as you call it, the plandemic. Right, the plandemic. <laughs> so I chose a very uh, <laughs> wise time in the natural to start traveling. It's hard to get meetings when there's no pandemic or a plandemic, again, as we call it. But um, when there's no churches to travel to, it is a very interesting decision to make, but the Lord's <laughs> <laughs> but the Lord's blessed it anyhow. And there's like singles, ones of meetings that I've done, and it's it's been wonderful. It's been great. Well, look at here's a testimony from your ministry right here in the comments. Stephanie said, Preston, you prayed healing over me at Calvary Temple in May of 2021, and I'm still healed. Praise God for your faith and oh, obedience. Wow. Praise God. And Stephanie, what was it that you were um, what was it that you were battling um, when you came to that revival? Because you did uh, a meeting at uh, our other uncle pastor. Yeah. Tim Shuttlesworth, who's in, who's in West Virginia. Yeah, that's a wonderful testimony. Yeah, it's awesome to hear. And so it, it, here's the deal, and I think this is the truth for anybody that's serving God, is God always looks, God always looks at what your faithfulness is going to look like, especially right at the beginning. And um, Carolyn said, "But it's all good. Everyone's good. You're good. Everyone's good." Um, but the, the 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 key is this, if you think about it. You know, my, my wife and I, we first our first year of evangelism, I think it was like $6,800 came in for the entire 12 months that we traveled for the first year. But you know what? We were excited to do it. We were excited to serve God. We were excited to travel, excited to preach, yeah. excited to minister to God's people, happy to be doing what the Lord called us to do. Well, God looks at your faithfulness. And the Bible says if you're faithful over little, he makes you ruler over much. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephanie said, I had lumps in my breasts 
And um, they were healed. She said, I'm still healed. Praise God. Praise God for that. And um, Talon said he was suffering with severe loneliness until he met you. Yep. FaceTiming every night. And now he's no. fulfilled. That's Apparently. awesome. That's wonderful, Talon. He's a, he's a good guy, Evangelist Talon. Yes, he is. Stay, stick has, with the stuff. He's reaching other galaxies with TikTok. Yeah. Alien species are coming to Christ Apparently. through his TikTok. It's going through the whole universe, it's like Evangelist like Talon. millions of people. It's insane. <laughs> no, seriously, it's awesome. So, <laughs> but this actually goes well with this topic today. It does. Because we're talking about the voice of God. Mm -hmm. And um, you asked me last night, you know, whatever's in your spirit, something that you'd want to talk about. And that was the first thing I thought of was um, how to know if the Lord is speaking to you. And I jotted down last night before I went to sleep um, five things that I would say are attributes or characteristics or ways to discern if the Lord is speaking to you. And the first one I could think of that came to my spirit was that very often I think you'd agree, Teddy, is when the Lord speaks, it goes against natural reasons and rationalities. Yeah. That many times it won't make sense in the natural, the thing that the Lord is speaking for you to do. Like I said, uh, starting a traveling ministry during a time when there was no churches <laughs> to travel to is not exactly the best business decision to make. Uh, the decision to make there would have been to just lock down and um, do things that you could do, you know, from a remote location or whatever. Right. Um, but oftentimes, you know, you see in the stories of people in the Bible or maybe your personal life, and I'm sure Teddy has story after story, but almost always God's direction, how he speaks it will be supernatural and not in the natural. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and, you know, you think of stories like you said, Isaac, Abraham's son. And the Bible said that God spoke to Isaac and said, don't go down to Egypt like your father did, but go to a place that I will show you and I'll be with you there and I'll bless you there. Well, the place the Lord showed him was Gerar. Mm -hmm. And when he went there, they were in a time of extreme famine and God said, go there anyway, and I'll bless you in the place where it looks like you can't even be blessed. And, and you know what's amazing about that? God will do that. And then when he does bless you, because it looked like there was no way to be blessed, he gets all the glory and all the praise for what he does through your life. Because people can easily see it was not through any human means yeah. that I was blessed. Right. It was by the hand of God. And Isaac went to Gerar, and the Bible says he sowed in that land in a time of famine and reaped in the same year 100-fold because only because he obeyed the voice of God <clears throat> yeah. uh, and didn't look at natural circumstances. Right, and I could think of, um, like, when I was making the decision when I was a senior in high school of where I wanted to go for Bible school, I, I knew I was called to be a preacher, but I didn't know exactly where the Lord wanted me to go. I know, um, for instance, like Jonathan, he knew where he was going to go to Bible school like very early on. The Lord spoke to him, but I didn't really have that moment. And so I was kind of getting worried, you know, as you're in that last semester of high school and you're thinking about what you're going to do, where you're going to go. And it's funny to think about um, because in the natural, our family, you know, we have connections at multiple schools. Um, you know, my father, your father, our grandfather, all of our uncles and Jonathan went to a place called Zion. It's now North Point. And that was an option for me. I could have went there. You know, our, our uncle Tiff is still very connected with them. And so in the natural, um, I could have went there. Obviously, uh, Dr. Rodney has a wonderful school, powerful move of the spirit in, in Tampa at the river. But I felt from the Lord as I was fasting and praying before I was going to graduate high school, the Lord led me to go to Ohio and go to uh, Pastor Parsley's Bible College. 
And it was interesting because in the natural, I would have been, I was the first member of our family to go to that school. And I know you had a similar experience where you went to Rhema. Right. And no one else had gone to Rhema before you. That's right. Um, but I think oftentimes that's how the Lord works. Um, he doesn't want you to be a carbon copy or a clone. God has a unique destiny and purpose for who you are and what you're going to do. And so oftentimes what seems to be the best decision to make is not the best decision if it's only in the natural because God is not limited by natural means. That's right. God's a supernatural God. And so, like you said, God wants all the glory and all the praise and all the honor for yeah. what he does. And so God is not interested in doing something that man or a person or some natural thing could take credit for. Right, that's true. God is interested in doing something that's so miraculous that even those that don't serve the Lord, like the Bible says in Psalm 126, can look at your life and say that had to be the hand of God. Mm -hmm. That couldn't have been a man blessing him. That couldn't have been because of his last name or the family he came from. That is a unique destiny and calling that's upon his life or her life. And that's what God is interested in doing. And so when we're talking about uh, this subject, this topic of how to discern God's voice, almost always, and I'm not saying um, God's always going to have you do something that is insane in the natural realm. But when it comes to, I would call them like crossroad decisions that you make in your life, almost always it's that way because it's in the nature of God to get the glory in the situation and to bless you to the point where it becomes a supernatural thing. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, you, you had brought up the story of, of uh, the prophet showing up at the widow of Zarephath's house. Yes. And, you know, she was at the place where uh, the famine was so severe <clears throat> that she planned with her and her son to eat their last meal yeah. and then die. Right. Um, and some people even say that in those days, rather than waiting for starvation, she would have killed her son and then killed herself. Yeah. So that she didn't have to watch her family suffer because there was nothing available. And in a moment when it looked like everything was lost, God sends the prophet to her house. Mm -hmm. And tells her to do something that, again, as you said, which is number one, uh, and I want you guys to write these in the comments today. How do you know God is speaking to you? How do you know it's God's voice? Well, many times his voice will go against natural reason and rationality. It'll go against it. A lot of times it will because uh, God knows things that we don't know. Yeah. God has a plan that we, uh, as, as the Bible says in Isaiah 55, verses eight and nine, <clears throat> God spoke and said, as the heavens are higher than the earth, mm -hmm. so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And I can tell you, just like Preston said, that's, that's been my experience. And you can see it from the word of God as well, but that's been my experience that the Lord will have me do something. And the, the life choice that he had me make didn't make sense. I've told you guys about it uh, on the broadcast many times. Is that your brother, Grace and Alan? No, okay. um, that's, he's from Louisiana. Oh, I he's, thought it was your brother. No, he has the same name as, same as my name. brother. Yeah. Like, for example, all through my life, like you said, when I chose by, uh, to pray instead of just going with the flow, I chose to pray and say, Lord, which Bible school do you want me to attend? Yeah. Didn't make sense. Our whole family had gone to the same Bible school. Right. Our whole family, even my best friend Jonathan was there already, and our plan was to, to room together and to go to Bible school together. And then the Lord spoke to me to do something that was not anywhere in my rational thought. After I graduated Bible school, knowing that I wasn't called to be an evangelist, the Lord spoke to me specifically to go and to be on staff with your father as an associate 
uh, yeah, pastor. Right. Even though I knew I was called to be an evangelist, right. he said, go do that. I had to go beyond rational thought right. and say, all right, I'll just do what the Lord's telling me to do. Yeah. And I was blessed because of my obedience to do what the Lord said. Um, again, when we moved to Florida, there was no reason to move here. Right. There was nothing. There's, you can be an evangelist from anywhere. Right. But the Lord said, no, I'm telling you specifically where I want you to be. I did it. And then the blessing after blessing after blessing where the Lord put us in, in our house. And all, I mean, everything I can tell you, a lot of the things the Lord told me to do didn't make any sense to the natural mind. Yeah. But I knew by the spirit that because it wasn't my idea. It didn't pop up in my spirit. Right. Right. Like one of the things you know. It's like a checklist. Is, yeah. It's like one of the things you know is that I didn't come up with these ideas. Right. Right. Because my plan was already this Bible school. Because why would I think that? Why would my mind want to do exactly. that? Exactly. Right. Like my plan was not uh, go become an associate pastor. Right. Or youth pastor. None of those were my plans. Right. None of those were my thoughts. Or my own personal aspirations. Yeah. But then when the Holy Ghost speaks, then you're like, okay, I can already rule out my own natural mind. Yeah. Because I didn't think that up. And it wasn't my plan. I can rule out the devil trying to deceive me. Because mm -hmm. the devil doesn't want me to go into full-time ministry. Yeah. <laughs> right? So it's like, I, I know that uh, the devil doesn't want me preaching the gospel or going to Bible school. So I can rule that out. Right. You know, so you can, if it's not my flesh and it's not the devil, that only leaves one voice. Right, God. <laughs> has to be God. You see Alex's comment. Alex said, this is confirmation because even though it doesn't make sense in the natural, Alex Iaquinto, my nephew, is starting a women's ministry and praise God <laughs> for it. You know, it's going like, to rival Carolyn's women's ministry. Nonstop uh, nephew. Yeah, nonstop nephew. Um, it's going to be great. But I was thinking as you were talking, like I didn't think of this example last night when I thought of this first way to discern God's voice. But you think of when God was leading the people of Israel out of captivity of Egypt. The Bible says that Moses led them to the Red Sea. <laughs> right. So think of that. Yeah. I've thought about that before. Like God is all knowing. Yes. God knows the beginning from the end. God knows where the Red Sea is. God knows where the dry land was. That's right. So you think in the natural, I'm sure the people of Israel did that day. Why in the world yeah. <laughs> Nonstop nephew, that's right. Um, why in the world would God lead the people to the sea? Yeah. If he's trying to get them to escape from uh, Egypt. That's right. But like you said, I, like when you said it, it popped up in my spirit. God knows the beginning from the end. God knows more than we do. That's right. And so the reason that he did that is because he knew the Egyptians were following close behind them. Right. And so in order to get rid of that obstacle or that enemy that was pursuing Israel... God brought them to a place that seemed like an obstacle, seemed like an impassable thing. Right. But he, not only did he use it to di obviously divide the Red Sea and get them through on dry ground, mm -hmm. but then he used that same obstacle, if you will, to take out the enemy that was behind them that would have destroyed them if they hadn't been to that place. Well, think of this, because you see, we, know, we know that they were led by God, right. right? Moses and the children of Israel, we know they were led by God. The Bible says they are led through the wilderness, pillar of fire by night, pillar of cloud by day. So you might ask the question Preston's asking, like, why would he lead them right to the Red Sea that looks impassable? Yeah. But listen to this verse of scripture from Psalm 77, verse 19. And this is the New Living Translation. It said, and this speaking of the Red Sea crossing, God, your road led through the sea. Your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway no one knew was there. Wow. A pathway no one knew was there, but God knew. Yeah. 
Uh, if you look at in the ESV, that's Psalm seventy-seven, verse nineteen. Psalm seventy-seven, nineteen. Psalm seventy-seven, nineteen. The ESV says it this way: Lord, your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters. Yet your footprints were unseen. So God was the first one that walked through the Red Sea. His footprints were unseen, but yeah. He led them through. The, the NET. Listen to this: You walked through the sea, God. You passed through the surging waters, but left no footprints. That's powerful, man. <laughs> it is because he, he brings them to that place that they might think in their natural mind, there's no way out of this. This makes no sense to be led to a barricade, to be led to a, an obstacle. And then God had a, a, a greater plan than just to uh, let them escape, but yeah. to use that same escape route to destroy their enemies. A yeah. pathway no one knew was there. Like I was thinking maybe like about your life when the Lord spoke to you to move to Florida. At the time, there might have not been a natural reason to go there. But now, these years later, everyone's trying to get to Florida. Right, exactly. That's true. <laughs> so, well, I, it's like all the things the Lord did for me. Like, you know, uh, not only did he bless us with this studio um, and all that. Put me on when I'm talking, Tiff, if you don't mind. Oh. Um, uh, like, the blessings of this dude's like, who's speaking? Um, blessings it's, of this it's like an anime cartoon. <laughs> what if, you just move your mouth and I'm speaking. Um, you know, blessings of the studio. And then I think, like, like what you said, you know, two, those two things. Like, when God blessed us with the house that I've given the testimony about, um, now property values have like gone through the roof. You said 11% this no, no, year? No, this year they're projected to go another 11%, but they've already gone like in last year, insanely high. Yeah. So like God knows how to lead you in those situations to supernaturally bless you. Yeah. If, if Tiffany were to scroll back, Bethany Hooker gave a testimony earlier in the, in the comments section about um, everyone told her and her husband not to uh, sell their house and all of this other stuff. Um, if I, if I, it was more towards the beginning, but she, Bethany, if you're still watching, there oh, is. there it is. We go go back right right before that when she oh, there right there. Same time we decided to sell and buy a new house. Everyone cautioned us against it, but we had the fa fastest sale. Yeah, got the best deal on a new home. Our house would have cost a hundred thousand dollars more now if they would have not sold and bought a new house when the Lord told if them to. They would have waited. If they would have not followed His voice, right? What would have happened? Then they would have they would have been priced up another hundred thousand dollars. Wow! Whereas, like, same for us. Like, if the if I hadn't obeyed the voice of the Lord on the, on the leading that we had, uh, and the guy dropped the price a hundred thousand dollars plus fifteen thousand at closing, then if I waited till now to do what the Lord told me to do, not only not only would that guy not have dropped the price that way, prices would have gone up two hundred and some thousand dollars more on the same exact home. So God gives you instructions that may not seem rational at the moment, yeah. but it's because he also knows, he knows that yeah. he's got a plan to bless you in your obedience to that instruction. And it's, it's, it's powerful. I'm the same way, Lena, I'm ready. Bishop Rick prophesied over us at New Year's that, that it's time to take possession of a building. I'm with you. Praise God. I take it in Jesus' name. Yes. And so uh, Britt said the same. You know, she didn't really have a reason, quote unquote, to move from Ohio to Pittsburgh. Yeah. But since she obeyed and her and Jake obeyed the voice of the Lord, there's been such explosive growth in the business since she obeyed the voice of God. Yeah. Uh, that's right. When my dad, the Lord spoke to my dad, don't wait to buy your lumber, buy your lumber right now. Right. 
And he's like, well, we don't need it right now. That part, that part of the project's not until the future. Right. And the Lord said, buy the lumber right now. He bought the lumber. And then after he did, lumber prices, as you guys know, went through the roof. And yeah. the Lord was saving him from all that stuff. Yeah. And like what you're talking about, like buying or having what you need ahead of time as the Lord speaks is actually the second thing that I wrote down. Because I wrote down that second thing about God's voice is it will take personal steps of your faith to walk it out or perform it. Um, I, I went, like I said, I went to Bible school in Ohio, and one of the things that Pastor Parsley, uh, the founder of that school, would always say that I've always loved, is he would say that God will never create a life for you where faith is not necessary. Right. God will not create a life for you where faith is not necessary. Put that in the comments section. I, I always liked that quote. Yeah, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Right. And so, Why would he create a life that's displeasing to him? Yeah, and not saying that God's going to create a life for you where you're always hanging on by a thread and you got to like no. speed tongue pray to pay off your mortgage every month or something. But, right. but what I'm saying is, and what Pastor Parsley, what I believe he was saying was, God's not going to design a life for you where everything's always comfortable. Right. And everything's always, um, you understand everything ahead of time. It takes faith to walk out and perform what the Lord has spoken to you to do. Otherwise, it probably is not God. Right. Because, uh, for instance, when I came home from Bible school, I could have been the youth pastor for my father, who's a great pastor, has a wonderful church. There's a lot of members watching right now. I could have taken that job and been like, okay, um, very few people in my class are going to be in the ministry. Very few are even going to be even pursuing this. I'm just going to do the comfortable thing, take the youth pastor position, have a salary, be on staff, work at the church throughout the week, and that will be my life. And that wouldn't have been, I don't know if that would have been a sin. I don't know if the Lord would have been like uh, displeased with me, but I knew in my spirit that's not the faith route. And it's not about the place or, the, or who was the leader there or anything like that. It was more so about my personal growth as a young man. I knew that the faith thing was to believe for open doors on the road. And I can tell you, I don't know what my life would be like if I didn't make that decision. I feel in my spirit, I know that my faith would not be at the same level as it is right now if I made that decision just to do the comfortable thing. Because God doesn't work that way. God, like I said, will not create a life for you where faith is not necessary. And the second reason I wrote down, like I already said it, but you can type it out in the comments. I think people may have already have. But God's voice will take personal steps of faith to walk out. And the example I thought of firstly was, in Genesis 6, when the Lord spoke to Noah that a flood was coming to the earth. But while Noah was waiting for the flood, God gave instruction to Noah on how and what to do to build the ark that would be necessary to survive the flood that was to come. And so many times people get a word from God, and going back to what we were saying, to connect it all, um, like the people that bought the lumber before the full thing came to pass, is you have to do something to bring God's word to pass many times in order to show God that you're serious about it and that you believe that it will happen. So when the Lord spoke to Noah that a flood was coming, Noah didn't sit at his house and do nothing and just wait for 200 years. No, Noah got to work and began to build the thing that God told him to build so that when the word came to pass, he'd be ready when it came to pass. Yeah. That's because faith without works is dead. Yeah. You can say you have faith, but what is what are you actually doing to prove that you have faith? Because faith will always prompt actions. It right. always will. Always. You know, if you scroll up, uh, I believe it's Vera, even though it's with a W because she's in Germany. 
if, if she's watching right now. Uh, Vera put up, up in the comments just a, a little bit ago, isn't it funny, hey Olga, hey, Olga. isn't it funny how there's, there's I, I, it's like, it's like Arsene Wenger, right? It's like Vera. Vera. Anyway, oh, uh, I'm just guessing because it's German, it's a V sound. Oh. But it's so funny when God speaks to you, she said, to move in faith and people out of nowhere suddenly start speaking down and unbelief yeah, to you. Yeah, I wrote that down. It's like out of nowhere, out of nowhere. It's like the Lord tells you to do something. The Lord tells you, it's so funny. It's like the Lord tells you to take a step of faith. You can go back to the bottom, Tiff, thanks. Uh, Lord tells you to take a step of faith. The, the Lord tells you, and it's like people that haven't talked to you in forever seek you out. <laughs> and like, it's, it's like, hey, heard you're doing this. I don't know if that's a good idea right now. It's like, <clears throat> I, mean, I mean, I haven't talked to you in three months. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy how the enemy, yeah. and you know what else is crazy? How weak-minded people don't even realize they're being used by the enemy. Right. And they think they're trying to help you, or they think they're trying to, you know, speak a, a word of wisdom to you. And right. really, they don't, even, they don't even understand that through their weak-mindedness, they're being used by the enemy yeah. to try to sow doubt and unbelief into your life and into your spirit. Right. Because they don't even understand how God functions. You know... If they understood the first principle we covered, yeah. that when God speaks to you, sometimes it will look like it's going against rational thought or wisdom, quote unquote. Right. Like, can you imagine over the last two years, one of the things that I've said that, that makes me laugh is that people, you know, would get on me. You know, I can't believe you're still t keeping up a full schedule and flying everywhere and laying hands on people. Like, you need to use wisdom. Right. You know, it's like, really? So that's what your your natural wisdom would say. Don't go into crowds of people. Don't use airports. Don't go to church. Don't gather together. Don't lay hands on people. That's what man's natural wisdom would say. Yeah. But it's contradictory to God's wisdom, which is higher. Yeah. There's nowhere in the Bible that says, you know, lay hands on the sick unless there's a highly communicable disease around then pause your laying hands on the sick for a while and use a, a more wise method. What I would say, when people would say that, it's funny because the Bible says in Proverbs 1, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so how can I be wise if the actions that I take don't first begin with fearing the Lord and not fearing man? Right. So people don't understand, like he said, there's, a diff there's different levels of wisdom. There's, there's manly, natural wisdom, and then there's godly wisdom. And yep. the verse you gave in Isaiah 55 about the Lord's ways being higher than our ways. I'm not interested in a man's opinion. And actually what I wrote down for another thing, another way to discern God's voice, it goes along with this perfectly. I, I wrote down that God's voice will require courage. And here's the important part, the shutting off of outside opinion. That's right. The shutting off of outside opinion. Many, many, many times when God speaks to you, either... It might be insecurity from other people. It might be people that don't want you to excel or rise to a level that's beyond them. It might be um, you're doing something that really they should have been doing. And so when you do or walk out in something that they should have done, they begin to feel that insecurity and be like, well, I should have done that. And, and that was actually uh, what the Lord spoke to me. And so they see in you many times, I think, Teddy, something that they should have done, and it makes them insecure about themselves yeah. many times. And, I, and the example I thought of was David, when he went to the battlefield, when he was obeying his father's instruction to deliver bread and cheese to his brothers. And the Bible says, I'll just read it real fast. It's 1 Samuel 17, 28. 
where you, you know the story of when his, his brothers were ticked off. His brother was upset that he was there, and he said that it was because of pride that he was there in the first place. Yeah. And, um, and many times that's what it is. They'll say that you're prideful because you're obeying the voice of the Lord right. and doing what they should have been doing. Because his brother was a soldier. Yeah, and David wasn't even a soldier. Right. But he was doing the things that the soldiers should have already been doing. They shouldn't have been hiding. They should have already been involved. Right. And this is the, the scripture, 1 Samuel 17, verse 28 in the ESV. It says, Now Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and the evil of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. But David said, What have I done now? Was it not but a word? And he turned from him toward another and spoke in the same way. And I like that about David. David didn't dwell on this. David didn't think, well, get discouraged and say, well, am I really doing the right thing here? The Bible says David just turned away from him and told the word of what he was going to do to somebody else. Right. And many times I think that's what you have to do when the Lord speaks to you is you have to get to a point where you know what yeah. the Lord has anointed you to do. And if someone doesn't want to receive it, if someone wants to discourage you, right. if someone wants to speak a word that, well, like, like the devil, that's the devil. Isn't that the question of the devil? Did God really say, right. did God really tell you to do such and such or do this? Is God really in that decision? And many times the voice of the devil is the voice of doubt and unbelief. Of course. To make you question whether or not what you're doing is the plan of God. Yep. And you see that throughout many people's lives. And I'm sure people in the comments have story after story of when you knew the Lord spoke to you to do something, but as soon as you shared it with somebody, they discouraged you. Yeah. You think of Joseph with his dream. Yep. That as soon as he told his brothers his dream, he was human trafficked. He was basically left for dead by his own family. And so it doesn't surprise me in my life, and it shouldn't surprise you in your life, that when the Lord speaks to you, and it's a word from God, it's a direction, it's something the Lord wants you to do, that there will be people that will discourage you, people that will uh, give you their opinion, their right. two cents. But you have to be like David in that story where you turn to somebody else and you find people that are at your level of faith, understand where you're going, and will be on your side. Yeah. That is what uh, one of the things that I wrote down as an attribute or a characteristic, if you will, of the voice of God. And I don't know if they put it in the comments if they take notes for these, but uh, the actual point is God's voice requires courage and the shutting off of outside opinion. I mean, think about this. If they would do this to Jesus, they'll do it to you. And Jesus had plans. Yeah. And his own disciples doubted his own plans. Think about this. Uh, John chapter 6, right before Jesus feeds 5,000 with five loaves and two fish, the Bible says not only was the large crowd uh, following him, he went up on the mountainside. But then when he looked up, he saw that a large crowd was coming to him. That's uh, John 6, 5. And he said to Philip, where can we buy bread so that these people may eat? Now get this. I like the parenthetical phrase in verse 6. Now Jesus said this to test Philip because he himself already knew what he was going to do. Yeah. He wasn't speaking to Philip because he needed advice. <laughs> he was seeing where Philip's faith was at. But notice Philip's response. He said, Lord, 200 silver coins worth of bread would not be enough for them. For each one to get a little. The New Living Translation. Lord, if we worked for months, yeah. we wouldn't have enough bread to feed these people. 
Think about that. So Jesus has got a plan to bless his people and his own disciples are like, look, what you're trying to do is impossible. <laughs> I, you know, let me just tell you what you're supposed to be, what you think you're going to accomplish for these people is not, it's, it's too many people. <laughs> it's like you're speaking to the master. You're speaking to the word made flesh. How foolish. But Jesus said that to test him because he wanted to see where is your faith at? Right. And a lot of times what you see, I mean, if Jesus' own disciples would do it to him, then you better know there's people that are around you that'll do it to you. Even, you know, you've got a word from God. You've got a word from the Holy Ghost. It's a real word from the Lord. And you'll step out to do it. And there will be people that will, you know, well, I don't know why you're doing that. You know, you need to just think, you need to think more carefully about what you're doing. You know, it's like people that aren't even saved. Like my, my guidance counselor in high school. I only applied to one college and she was mad at me because it was Bible school and I had no backup plan. And she actually said to me in her office, what if no one likes your preaching? <laughs> That's what she actually said to me. Uh, her name was like Mrs. Rosengardner or something like that. Mrs. Rosenbaum, Rosengardner, I don't know, something like that. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, Mrs. Rosengardner, if no one likes my preaching, I'm screwed, pretty much. It's like, that's, that's all I got riding where I was like, and she didn't want me to do that. She was like, you're supposed to apply to like 15 colleges. And I was like, well, I'm not doing that. Cause I, you know, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm going to do with my life. Yeah. It's well, funny because they're not used to young people be, knowing like, what they're going to do with their life. They're, yeah. They're, they're used to like indecision and having 17 major switches in your university right. and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and that's, that's a sad state of affairs for the Christian young person. But that's why we have to learn to be led by the Spirit. That's why yeah. we're teaching this. If people would learn to be led by the Spirit, right. which truly is, uh, for the New Testament Christian, one of the most important things you could ever develop in your life is to learn to hear the voice of God and step out by faith and obey the voice of God. And when you do, it opens doors that are so supernatural that you by yourself could never have even begun to open the doors that are available to you after God begins to move. Right. And I, I told you this story and I, and I won't like give every detail, but I remember when I made that decision that I wanted to travel outside of Bible school, someone came to me and said, Preston, let me just tell you something right now. There is nobody that wants to have a 20 year old evangelist into their church. He said, no one's going to invite you. No one's going to give you an opportunity. And that's just how it is. It's just how it is. But you have to just learn to roll with the punches and be like, well, not everyone's for me, but if God be for me, you know, it doesn't matter anything else. Let God be true and let every other man be made out a liar in the name of Jesus. If God speaks it, it will come to pass. When God speaks it, I believe it and that settles it. And that's all that matters to me. And you have to learn to be like, whether it's a guidance counselor, whether it's a family member, whether it's whoever it is, if the Lord has spoken, it shall be done as my faith comes into agreement with that word. And that's all that matters. If God's for you and everybody else is against you, you'll always succeed. If, on the other hand, if every person is for you and God's against you, you're doomed to destruction and you'll never succeed in anything that you do. God has the final say. We sing that song all the time. Jehovah has the final say. He's the one who decides who will rise and who will fall. Promotion cometh from the Lord. Everything I need is in the hand of God. Everything I need is in His Word. I don't need anything on the outside. I don't need someone to see me and promote me. If God be for me, tell me who can be against me. 
and you get that in your spirit where you don't just read it as a scripture, but you believe it in your heart. And there's something in your eye that when people see you, they can tell that you've been with the Lord and you have a word from the Lord. And when you have that, that's all you need. That's all I need. And I understand uh, that from the word of God. And it will change your life when you have that revelation. That's absolutely right. Yeah, it's like AJ said, thanks for that powerful word of encouragement, Sambalat. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's always going to be a Sambalat and Tobiah that's going to come tell you, you need to come down off the wall. You know, stop building what you're building. Stop doing what you're doing. You know, and it's funny to me how you've got people that always want you to like uh, do the things they want you to do. You know, they're, they're like irritated that you won't stop doing the thing the Lord called you to do to come do what they want you to do. And they're, listen, the ministry is full of those kinds of people, full of those kinds of people will. And here's another thing. People that are gifted and have a word from the Lord need to be careful of. People will run you ragged when you have gifts and talents. They will run you ragged and they don't care. They don't give a crap. They will, they literally will use your gifts and use your talents. And if you don't guard yourself, what you'll find at the end of your life is that you've run around building everybody else's thing and never ended up building the thing God called called you to build. That happens to people. And uh, one of the things that my pastor spoke to me uh, very clearly about, he said, if I could go back and do some of my life over again, he said, I would have spent more time doing the thing the Lord spoke to me to do rather than building everything for everybody else. And that's a word of wisdom because when people know you're gifted, when people know you're anointed, they will want to use that anointing, use that gift to build their thing rather than, you know, because you know why it's easier to use someone else's gift and anointing who's already got it going on than to actually spend the time and dedicate yourself to becoming anointed to yeah. dedicate yourself to building and growing your gift. Yeah. And that's what ends up happening is that people want to pimp out the anointing and they want to, they want to prostitute the, the, the gifts and callings of God because they don't have it for themselves. Yeah. If you had it for yourself, you wouldn't have to always be harassing me about doing it. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's exactly what, that's exactly what happens to people is that they just want to use other people because it serves their purpose. But that's, that's, you have to, I'm just, I'm encouraging you as an anointed person that's watching and listening. Don't allow yourself to be run ragged by every single person that's got a tiny little vision on a hill somewhere because uh, they see that you're anointed and they say that you've got a gifting and a calling in your life. And they'll, it's like, and Ben's right. Ben said that's a wide subject and it doesn't just apply to ministry. And he's exactly right. He's exactly right. And you have to learn how to set parameters and boundaries on your, on your gift and your calling. Because remember this, at the end of the day, you will only answer to God for what he called you to do. Right. Not for what he called someone else to do. You won't answer for them. Absolutely. You'll answer for your ministry, yeah. your business, your family, your life. Yeah. And when you get to heaven and stand before him, you say, how come you didn't accomplish what I called you to do? Well, I was running all around and helping other people accomplish their. I didn't call you to do that. I called you to accomplish your purpose and you said, I had a, I had a guy that was, that, that was with me and, uh, he was part of a smaller denomination of churches and very anointed guy, very talented guy, very gifted and technically gifted. Well, let me tell you, because they knew that about him, they had him running all over the United States about to burn himself out 
running, and they wouldn't even pay for him to have a plane ticket. They, they, they put the pressure on him. No, you drive it. Drive from like the northern part of the U.S. down to the southern part of the U.S. and then drive over here and then drive over here. And they're so cheap and such a group of bums that they wouldn't even buy him a plane ticket. And then he's burnt out because he's trying to do the thing God called him to do, but they, because they know he's talented and gifted and got technical, technical abilities, they got him running all over God's green earth because they don't have the faith to raise up people in other places of the world. So what are you going to do? You're going to burn me out until I'm dead because you don't have faith to raise somebody else up. And I'm, I'm warning you about this because the more you do what God's called you to do, the more you build your gift, the more anointed you become, then the more people will try to use what you have to accomplish their purpose. But you got to be, you have to be very discerning about it because if God didn't call you to do it, you don't do it. Yeah. It's like Saul with David when Goliath was on that in the valley Saul should have been the one. He was the king of Israel. He was the one the Lord had anointed. But instead of him being on the, on the battlefield trying to fight Goliath, what did he try to do? He found someone, David, that had it in his heart, had, had the fight in his eye, and then tried to put his armor on David. And part of that was because when people saw the fight, they wouldn't see that it was David. They would think that it was Saul fighting that giant that day because he didn't have the guts or the... Or the uh, the gall to get on that field that day and fight Goliath, he found someone that could fight him and then tried to put himself on him to fight the giant so that he could get the credit for something that he didn't even have the guts to do. And that's how people are. Yes, they they'll, are. they'll find somebody that can do what really they should have been in prayer and fasting and study to be able to do it. And like uh, Ben said, it's not even just in ministry, it's in life. It's a life principle from the word of God. They'll find someone that can do what they can't, and then they'll put all the pressure, all the weight of the armor, if you will, on that person because they don't have the ability to do what they should have because they don't have the personal dedication, whatever it is, whatever the problem is. It can be different in some cases, but they'll find someone that is doing what they should be doing and then make their life miserable, make their life more difficult than it should be because they don't have the personal dedication or training or whatever it is to do what the Lord wants them to do. It's exactly true. And you have to guard. And I'm not, this is not us saying, you know, don't help people or, or anything no, like no, that. No, no, no. But you can see it. You can see when somebody is using someone's gift. You can see when somebody is uh, taking advantage of someone's calling, gift, purpose, whatever, talent, ability, and you got to guard yourself because just, and, and the thing that he said about shutting yourself off from outside opinions, one of the things outside opinions will do, well, you don't need to really be doing right, that right now. Come do this instead. Yeah. Oh, and that's exactly the, the Saul, that's the Saul prerogative. Come and do it my way. Come and do it this way. Uh, let me be the one in control of your gift and your anointing and your talent. And it doesn't work that way. And so it's not about, and if you're an immature person, you could take this message and say, well, that's why I don't need my pastor telling me. It's not about that. No, no. I'm not talking about your spiritual authority, the person that's over you, no. the person that you're submitted to by, by the Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. They're there to help you. They're there to give you a word. And uh, But I'm talking about there are people that will pull you in every direction, every direction. And you have to guard yourself, especially if you're gifted, talented, anointed. You'll find that. You have to set those parameters and find out truly what did God tell me to do? Mm -hmm. What am I supposed to be doing? Because that's priority number one. What am I supposed to be doing? 
And that's the key that you need to that you need to follow. Absolutely. And then the fourth thing I wrote down, and people can put this in the comment section. I wrote, God's voice will engender peace that surpasses human understanding. Yep. God's voice will engender peace that surpasses human understanding. And I didn't write it down, but the example I can think of from the Bible, it's, you can find it all through the Bible, um, but you think of Jesus on the ship in Mark 4 when the storm, I know you've preached this many, many times, but Jesus being asleep on the uh, under part of the ship when the storm was hitting uh, the ship with the disciples. And why did he have peace? Well, the reason is because he said before they left, we're crossing over to the other side. And so the word of the Lord had already come, and the word was, we're crossing over to the other side. So it doesn't matter what obstacle comes, doesn't matter what difficulty might uh, be there along the way. If I said by my word that we're going over to the other side, we're going, and so I can sleep in the middle of a storm. And so God's word, when God speaks, it will give you a peace that doesn't even make sense in the natural realm. Why do I have peace? Why do I feel like an overwhelming peace during this time when I shouldn't have peace? It's because uh, it's the voice of the Lord. And so uh, that's another way you can decipher and know whether it's the Lord speaking to you because you have an overwhelming peace when in the natural outside reasons, things on the outside are causing trouble or whatever it might be. You have a peace in the midst of all that and it surpasses uh, human understanding. That's exactly right. You know, you, the, the peace of God, that's, and people ask often, they'll say like, how do I, how do I know which direction? There's like five directions I could go. There's five, I've got options. I always tell people this, meditate on those things. Yeah. When you're praying, when you're in the spirit, imagine those things, meditate on them. And then what I've often found is, uh, as I think about each decision I could make, I feel in my spirit, ah, that's, I feel like a check in my spirit. Yeah. No, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. And then when I meditate on the one God wants me to do, it's like I, I can see myself doing it. I feel peace in doing it. I don't feel any check. I don't feel anything holding me back. I feel peace moving me forward. God doesn't move you into turmoil. You know, I, I was, I was um, looking, I always quote Isaiah 55, 12, where the Bible says, Indeed, you will go out with joy and be led along in peace. Mm -hmm. The mountains and hills will have a joyful shout before you. All the trees in the field will clap their hands. You'll be led by peace. You'll go out with joy and be led forth by peace. Yeah. You'll go out with joy and be led forth by, by peace. The, the voice of the Lord takes you in to what you're called to do in a peace. doesn't mean it doesn't take faith. It doesn't mean that your, your flesh won't look at it and say, I don't know how that's going to take place. It means that when you move forward in the spirit man, See, your spirit. if people could get this uh, distinction made in their mind, it would help immensely that there is a massive difference between your flesh man and your spirit man. Yeah. The flesh is at war with the spirit. Mm -hmm. Your flesh will look at a situation and say, I don't know how that's going to happen. I, I can't figure out how this is even going to work for me. But when the spirit man looks at that, you feel such a peace. And that's when you have that dissonance where you're like, my flesh doesn't understand it, but my peace, that my spirit feels such peace moving in that direction. And that's the Holy Ghost leading you because you know when you, when it doesn't make sense to your natural mind yeah. and you're like, yeah, but I still feel peace in moving that direction, doing that thing. Right. It's the Holy Ghost leading you because he knows how to make things work in the plan that he has laid out for your life. And so it doesn't have to make sense to your natural mind. And, and the way of the flesh is the opposite. 
where it makes sense in the natural, but right. you, but you have a an anxiousness. Oh in your yeah. Spirit. So it's like that's how you can tell the difference there as well. It's the total opposite, right? Where where it's like yeah, this feels like the the thing that makes sense to do. Yeah. Like everything, this looks in the natural, like the best open door. And then every time you meditate on it, think about moving that direction, you feel such a, like that sick feeling in the pit of your stomach, like yeah. a, a check in your spirit. Like I, I, it looks easy. It looks like the right way, but it's, I don't feel right about it. Yeah. I don't feel right about it. And, and I can't, the thing that, that may have seemed good to your mind is not the thing that seems good to your spirit. We are led forward by the peace of our spirit, man. And so we, we go that direction. That's, that's literally, that's literally always the way I've made decisions is that like, even if it looks good to my natural mind, if, the, if there's a check in my spirit uh, and, and I feel that I don't do it. But if I see something, it's like, that doesn't even make sense. But where there's stuff Carolyn and I are talking about right now and, and, and the Lord's spoken to us to do, and in our minds, it's like, I don't even understand it. But in the spirit, it's like, man. I feel the peace to move in that direction. Yes. Carolyn just posted, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. That's funny. Letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. I just turned, turned there to read it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Romans 8, 6. And so the Lord does these things. Yeah. I mean, the Lord does them. His ways are higher. I don't want to go about doing things my way. I want it to be God's way. That's where the blessing is. And so I want to get outside of my natural understanding and tap in to his supernatural knowledge. You know, his, if his ways are higher than my ways yeah. and his thoughts than my thoughts, then one of the things that I often pray in my prayer points is, Lord, this month, this week, give me access to your divine ways and your thoughts that are higher than my ways and my thoughts. Yeah. Give me access. Let me hear your thoughts. Let me see your ways. Let me go your direction. Don't let me ever listen to the flesh, but let me hear the spirit and what the spirit is saying. Yeah. And, um, and that's the key. That's that right, when we have access to his ways and thoughts, yeah. then we have access to a supernatural, as I read from uh, uh, Psalm 77, we have access to a pathway that nobody knew was there. I love that. A pathway that nobody knew was there. It's like Bob Rogers, Pastor Bob Rogers in, in, in Kentucky. The Lord spoke to him to buy all these properties and, you know, didn't know why he was buying up these properties, this land. And then as he's buying up, they discover there's natural gas deposits on the land. Wow. Well, who knew where they, the Lord knew the natural gas deposits were there. Whereas other people just thought it's like worthless land. Yeah. And the Lord told him to buy it. And when he bought it, they discovered the natural gas deposits and he's just reaping the royalties on the, on the natural gas deposits. Yeah. Because God knew a pathway that nobody else knew was there. Or it's like um, when Abraham began to dig wells in the time of drought. Mm -hmm. And that he was one of the first people to understand that as you dig in the ground, there's water in the ground. Right. Because there wasn't coming from the sky. That's a God idea. Right. And so you have to, the, when you follow the voice of the Lord, stuff you didn't even know. Yeah. That the Lord knows is there. You know, I, I was looking at, um, let, me, let me see your Bible real quick because this, I haven't. I've not proven this other armor, <laughs> but <laughs> no, but it, it's true that like when you go back to Isaiah, it's really interesting when you go to Isaiah 45, God's dealing with King Cyrus and, and he's talking to King Cyrus about what, what he's going to use him to do. And I always find this, this, this phrasing really interesting when it comes to how the Lord will use you and work through you. And uh, starting in verse one, Isaiah 45, thus says the Lord to his anointed to Cyrus 
whose right hand I have grasped to subdue nations before him and to loose the belts of kings and to open doors before him that the gates may not be closed. I will go before you and I will level the exalted places. I will break into pieces the doors of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. I, look at this. I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hordes that are in secret places hmm. that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by your name. So like the Lord is telling Cyrus that as you do what I'm telling you to do as I'm using you, I'll be the one that goes ahead of you and smashes down every obstacle and removes everything that would hinder you from uh, subduing nations and kings. And then I will be the one who will give you the treasures of darkness and the riches that are in secret places. Mm. Well, Cyrus didn't know where they were. Cyrus didn't know where those riches were. Yes, and of course, Mike Frost, King Cyrus is actually in the Hebrew means President Donald Trump, <laughs> who actually is running the country right now from a shadow government behind the scenes. He's gonna we don't know. Michael in September, he's going to be back in. And all, everybody that's a Democrat's bank account is going to be frozen by the time we get to September. <laughs> Um, Mike Lindell VP as well. That's right. So as you understand, King Cyrus didn't know where any of that stuff was. He didn't know. Yeah. Uh, he couldn't have even by himself gotten through the bars and all the gates and right. all, the, all the obstacles that stood in front of him. But let me tell you something. God said, I will go ahead of you and smash down the gates of bronze and the bars of iron. Everything that is an obstacle to you, I will move it out of the way. Yeah. And then I'll lead you right into where the secret riches and treasures are in secret places. That's exactly what the Holy Spirit does. He shows you a way that no one else knew was there, but then along that path, there are secret blessings hidden for people that obey the voice of the Lord and follow his path. Yeah. I haven't really studied this out, and I don't want to preach something that's not in the Bible, but when... The Lord led Moses up the mountain to give him the law. Doesn't the Bible say he led him step by step or only allowed him to see like a certain amount in front of him at a time? I don't know because I haven't gotten to that part in the Bible yet. Yeah. I'm still in the beginning of Genesis. It's a cliffhanger. but um, <laughs> It's for episode two. But I, I, I'm pretty sure like, as the Lord led him up the, the mountain, it wasn't all at once. He couldn't see the entire path up the mountain all at once, but it was step well, by one, step. One thing I do know is that's, that's how God led Abraham. Yeah. Because when he said, go, go to a place that I will show you he and not. sacrifice your son Isaac, he had to leave his camp and start going through the wilderness saying, well, Lord, is it this mountain? No. Is it yeah. this mountain? No. He actually, in an Old Testament setting, had to be led by the Spirit right. in the midst of where do I sacrifice Isaac yeah. until the Lord actually let him see Mount Moriah and got up to the top of that. And then when you think about this, he gets up there and your father's preached this multiple times. He gets up there to a high place on the mountain to sacrifice his son. And when he gets there and the angel stops his hand from sacrificing, yeah. the Lord, he looks over and the Lord has provided a ram that is tangled in the thicket. Right. I read a commentary one time so that said that the ram should not even have been that high on the mountain because it was beyond a place where there would have been vegetation for him to even eat. So was He was like beyond a place. So he was actually tangled up in a place where he shouldn't have even been yeah. waiting for Abraham to get there. God stuck it there. And, and here's the other thing that if you, you ever think about this, because the Lord left that ram there for him to sacrifice instead of his son. Yeah. But it, that means it also had to be a pure spotless ram. 
couldn't have been it couldn't have been just any ram. Right. It had to be like a specific rare kind of ram. Like sacrifice like pure. A pure sacrificial ram for him to even be able to give it to God. So so he gets up there and God has positioned a perfect blessing on the top of what? Where God called him to go. Yeah. So by the leading of the Spirit, a, a treasure in a secret place that he wouldn't have known how to get to unless the Lord led him. Yeah. And that's the power. That you get to a place and there's something perfect for you that God's gonna put in your hand. Yeah. That you didn't even that you had no idea about until you obeyed the instruction. Yeah, it's like we were talking about, and I've heard uh, your dad talk about this is where I first heard it, but the gifts of the Spirit, the leading of the Spirit many times work in proximity. And so, for instance, and with the story we talked about the other day with um, uh, the prophet Samuel finding the, the successor, the king, that would replace Saul after he sinned, the Bible doesn't say that the Lord told the prophet that David, a man named David, a young man named David, would be anointed as king. The, the Bible says that the Lord only spoke to him to go to the house of Jesse. For among his sons, I have reserved for myself a man after my own heart, uh, someone who will be king. But it wasn't until the prophet got to the house when he laid eyes on David, when he was brought in uh, to see him, that he knew this is the one the Lord has anointed to be king. And so I think many times in life, when the Lord speaks, I didn't write this down as one of the five ways, but I think you'd agree, Teddy, that one of the ways to discern the voice of, of God, is you obey the first instruction. You, sure. you obey the part that you know. Yeah, he doesn't give them all to you at, the, at once. Right, and then as you obey that instruction, more is revealed. That's and exactly And I think right. your father compared it to the headlights of a car. That's right. So that as you drive, the more you see. The more you drive, the further you drive, the more you see. Right. Yep. And so that would be another thing that would be really good to know. If God, if God gave it to you all at once, it wouldn't take faith to walk it out. Yeah. You would, you could just go, you go, so I know what's going to happen. Right. Doesn't take, I know how it's even going to turn and out. And it goes back to that quote, that Rod Parsley quote about how God doesn't create a life where faith mm-hmm. is not necessary. Yeah. And so the Lord will give you piece by piece to see if you'll obey the, you know, it's like you're, it's almost like you're stepping out. It seems like into nothing, but right. you're not stepping out into nothing. If it's the report of the Lord or if it's the word of the Lord, you're stepping out by faith on something that is solid and secure. That's what you got to remember. Though the natural mind looks at this and says, well, all I, knew to, all I know to do next is this step. Yeah. I'm stepping out into the void, into nothing. You're not actually. Because that's human nature to think that. Yeah. Like, but, oh. but, not, but if the Lord told you to do it, you're not actually. Yeah. You're stepping, on something, you're stepping out onto something that is more solid and secure than your own mind could conjure up if you spent 100 years planning for your own life. That's absolutely right. And so that's what... You know, when you base your life on the word of God written and on the leading of the spirit, you can't be more secure than those two things. Right. And so though, though it may seem as though you're stepping out in some kind of a void, no, not if God told you to do it. If God told you to do it, I know I was thinking of that picture too, Bonnie, <laughs> at the end of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. He gets out and it, it seems like he's going to step out into like a chasm. But there's a thing that's like a camouflaged bridge that's there <laughs> that he doesn't even see until he steps down onto it. And it's true. That's why the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. It's because when you follow his orders, God doesn't let you, his orders aren't going to cause you to fall off a cliff and die or to go bankrupt or to to walk into a mental breakdown or that's not how God works. So God takes you into, into increase. I guess people could write down would be, if I want to see more, I have to step more. Exactly right. You have to, you, you have to move. You have to move. The blessings in the moving. Yes, it's not in sitting around and wondering or or uh, you know, 
it's it's not in philosophy. Yeah. And it's not in it, it's it's in actual practical movement. You know, I was I was preaching that the other day in the morning service. How the the miracle is in the move. Yeah. That uh, Jesus told them fill the pots with water, bear it to the master of the feast. Those servants literally had to start by carrying water towards the master of the feast. Yeah. And by the time they got there, it had turned into the best wine at the entire feast. Yeah. It, the miracle is in the move. You, go show yourself to the priest. As they were going to show themselves to the priest, their leprosy was cleansed. You know, it's like uh, tomorrow, 2 Chronicles 20, 20. I want you to, the three armies that have uh, united against you, I want you to go, tomorrow I want you to go out against them. Yeah. Well, did God expect them to fight the battle? No, he was going to fight their battle. But he still required them to go out against them right. and go out praising. Well, they still had to do, as they moved, the miracle happened. Mm -hmm. That's how it always works. The miracle happens as you move, as you move. What preacher was it that said, God moves with the movers and he doesn't sit with the sitters? Anytime somebody a, asks me a quote and they don't was, know the other, was, I say it was me. It was me. It, it, I was, said that. It was me. I'm the one who came up with that. I think it may have been Or Roberts. What was the quote again? God moves with the movers, but he doesn't sit with the sitters. That's a good quote. I don't know who I, said it. I came up with that years it, ago. It was me. It was Benjamin Franklin, actually, who yeah. said it. God moves with the movers, but he doesn't sit with the sitters. That's right. God moves with the movers, but he doesn't sit with the sitters. Yeah. And um, that's the key is that God's always looking, why? Because faith, oh, was Reinhard Bonnke? Oh, was it Reinhard Bonnke? I'm sorry. <laughs> it wasn't Benjamin Franklin. It wasn't Donald Trump. It wasn't Donald Trump. It was Reinhard Bonnke. So right, he moves with the movers, but he doesn't sit with the sitters. And so that's the key. God's looking for obedient movement. Yeah, and Vera's saying you can find this principle through the whole Bible, yeah. truly, through the whole Bible. Um, God was just waiting for someone to take Goliath down. It's just yeah. that David was the first to move. It's like the Bible says, the eyes of the Lord, they search to and fro, seeking right. for someone whose heart is fixed on him that yep. he might show himself strong on their behalf. Did you ever think about that? I mean, from that context, God was just looking for someone to bring Goliath down. It's just David was the first to move. He stepped in. Because you won't find anywhere in the Bible where God told David to fight Goliath. Right. So God, you know, and, and David brings it out with that point. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He has no covenant. Right. So someone with covenant is always more powerful than someone with no covenant. Right. So any covenant man could have brought the giant down. Yeah. It's just that David was the first one to have the faith that he could do it. Right. And so stepped out and did what anyone with a covenant should have been able to do. It's just that he believed the covenant. Yeah. He believed the covenant. And it all, it all comes down to do you really believe it? Yeah. Really. Because if you really believed it, you'd act on it. If, that, I, if I really believe something, there will be a corresponding action that proves I believe that thing. Right. Always. You know, it's interesting to come from this person, but uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson, who's a clinical psychologist and now kind of a world-famous philosopher and lecturer, Dr. Jordan Peterson said he doesn't like when people ask him, do you believe God's real? He said that, that's a stupid and an arrogant question. Yeah. He said, I try, and then, you know, he'll cry when he gives this answer, but he said, you know, I try to live as though I believe he exists. He said, and I feel like there's a lot of people who say that, he said this, he said, I believe there's a lot of people who say they believe God exists that they don't actually, because if they did, they wouldn't live the way they did. Right. He said, what my, my answer is, I try to live as though I believe he's real. Yeah. He said, because the arrogant question is like, you know, do you believe he's real? Like that's an arrogant question. The real, the real one is, well, if he is, 
what would it mean to my practical life? Yeah. What would I do if I actually did or believe did, he was Did you real? ever hear of, you know, Penn Jillette, the atheist magician? Yeah. He was asked about Christianity, and he actually said that the Christians that annoy him the most are ones that say they're Christians but don't witness to people. Right. Because he was like, if you really believe that everyone that doesn't hear um, the gospel or accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, if you really believe that they're going to burn in hell for eternity, if you really believed it, wouldn't you tell someone every single day? Absolutely. And he's an atheist. He, uh, he hates Christians. Yeah. He's a hardened atheist. Yep. Penn Jillette. And he said that, and it made me think, that's true. Yeah. If I really believe that there is an eternity, and you'll spend your eternity in either heaven or hell, yep. if I really believed it, I would live my life every day doing everything I could right. to drag as many people with me to heaven that's exactly right. as I possibly could. But and what would that promote? Movement. Movement, doing something. Not sitting. Right. Movement. Gotta God do moves something. with the movers. God moves with the movers. Doesn't sit with the sitters. Doesn't sit with the sitters. Donald Trump. It's exactly right, though. And, and people have, so how do I know God's speaking to me? How do I know it's the voice of the Lord? These five things are great as a checklist parameters because... We didn't even get to the fifth one yet. What, what is the fifth one? The fifth one is God's voice will always line up with his already written word. Go, go back through the five just real quick. Okay. Number one is God's voice will often go against natural reason and rationalities. Right. Number two is God's voice will take personal steps of faith to walk out. Yes. Number three is God's voice requires courage and the shutting off of outside opinion. Mm -hmm. Number four is God's voice will engender peace that surpasses human understanding. And then number five is God's voice will always line up with his already written word. God's never going to tell you to do something that contradicts his, his scripture ever. Yeah. You're never, you're never going to have that happen. Um, make that a checklist. You know, say, so, well, this, this doesn't seem like, I mean, this seems like it goes against, and, and you, you say like, yeah, it doesn't make sense to my natural mind. If the Lord's telling you to do it, sometimes it won't. And you can't be worried about that. You know, it will always it require action on your part. God's never going to tell you to do something because it's a good idea, and then you just have to, he just wants you to think about it. Like God will never <laughs> ask you to operate in the ox anointing, for instance. Exactly. Just think about it. And then <laughs> shutting off outside opinions. That's, every one of us should be doing that. Literally, I've done that more than ever in the last five years. And then the piece of it and the congruency with the, with the word. Yeah. I think Zachary's right. Tithing doesn't make sense naturally, especially to people that feel like they're financially tight. Yeah. But you do what the Bible says and watch as God blesses you. And, and that's really the key with people that are always like, how do I know it's God speaking? Take it through these five things. Ask yourself, you know, what, when, uh, when I go through and, uh, and, and, and I feel like I have this word, does it always bring me into like total anxiety? Am I always feeling, or does it lead me and make the peace when I think about going and doing that thing that God's going to do? I feel peace in my spirit. Is it something that I can find that's obviously not true because it contradicts God's word? You see what I mean? Yeah. Take it through. Take it through. And here's why I say it. It's the number one, in my opinion, most important thing Christians can develop in their spirit. Learning to hear the voice of God and obey. Brother Hagin spent his entire ministry trying to get people to understand to be led by the Spirit of God. Yeah. Be led by the Spirit of God. Be led by the Spirit of God. The greatest blessings come from being led by the Spirit of God. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 48 and verse 17 that I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit and who leads you 
in the way that you should go. When you follow that leading, it always ends up in the blessing. Yeah. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land, right? Deuteronomy 28, if you'll obey all that I command you to do this day, then I will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. It is the obedience to the leading that actually takes you into the blessing of God. Ankit coming from my life today. Oh no. Uh-oh. Preston, my grandma wants that t-shirt back. Unbelievable. You know what? Unbelievable. The kind of, you think a man is walking in faith and peace and love and doing the work of the Lord, and then here he comes just jumping into Pentecostal broadcasts and, and walking in a place of, I, it's just. So wrong. And you can see. So wrong. And you can see pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before right. a fall. Right. Somebody, somebody sent me a message on uh, um, uh, Instagram, and yeah. they said, there's this man coming to preach, and his name is Evangelist Ankit Rambabu, and I just don't know how I feel. I saw his picture, and I just, I don't know how I feel that in my spirit. I don't feel good about going to his meeting. Yeah. And I said, listen, you might look at those pictures of his Instagram and see that mustache and feel creeped out, yeah. but he's a good man. He is good. He's a good man. And he's I said, good. you need to go to the services and ignore his poorly grown facial hair and listen to what he has to say from the word of God because yeah. God's anointed his life. It's true. Not anointed him to grow facial hair, but to preach the word with boldness. It's about his heart. It's about his heart. It's not about his outward appearance. See, because man looks on the outward, right. but God looks on the heart. That's and right. you may look at Evangelist Ankit and think, that's, he looks like somebody that shouldn't be allowed within 500 yards of an elementary school. But it's not about the outward appearance. That's right. God looks on the heart. That's right. Because he, he uses the man for who he is on the inside. Right. And we can't control how we look on the outside many times. No. Sometimes that people have a bad, they just got a bad roll of the dice genetically. Right. Their parents aren't, you know, may not have been the best looking. But you still look at a man's heart. Right. What is the fruit of his ministry? Right. And I said, the fruit of his ministry is good. That's right. what I told the person on, on Instagram. So the fruit of his ministry is good. Right. And he's a good man. He's and you need man. to go to that, go to that revival. Right. And, um, and so I'm glad, I think they did do that. He's doing good. And so it was great. That's so good. we love Brother Ankit very much he's and great. all that he's doing for the kingdom. <laughs> very much. Love you, Ankit. But Fellow that, Star Wars fan. He loves Star Wars. So you know, you know he's a good man. If he likes Star Wars. He's in Florida, isn't he? He's here. He is. Largo. I can't wait not to go. He's having a revival. No, I'm just kidding. Currently How far would that be? Uh, farther than I'm willing to drive. Yeah. Yeah. If it's like but, five, over five minutes, I can't make it. <laughs> but he's, he's, <laughs> he's doing awesome. No. <laughs> That's because you're not operating in the ox anointing, Ankit. If you had the ox anointing, like I do, then you'd be able to rock that bald head with boldness. Alonzo Davis has this shirt. Is that a woman or a man? Because it, it depends. Alonzo could be... Is that a, uh, what do you call it, unisex? Thing? Alonzo. Alonzo, are you a man? He said, I have that shirt Preston has on. I know. They I, both have it. That's what I'm saying. So I, I just I just hope, is that a woman or a man? It's a man, I oh, believe. okay. Thank God. Okay, so it is a man. Thank God. Well, that's it's not like thing. when me and Jonathan went to take family pictures and he picked a sweater up out of the, but it was a, it was a sale rack. Right. It ended up being a woman's sweater. And we went, we went to the mall and there's a lady that walked past us and she had the same sweater on that John picked out of her. It's like the office when Michael wears the mysterious suit jacket. <laughs> mysterious. Mysterious. Well, before we go, Preston, just look at oh. that camera and curse the devil. No, <laughs> just, I want you to pray because there's... Oh, Alonzo is a man. It's a man. That's, that's encouraging to me. There's, there's a whole group of people, especially young people now, and that's why we're trying to do our best to teach young people 
Don't, don't listen to what culture is saying, society is saying, government. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You won't be stranded. You know, I feel like so many young people are stranded. They don't know which way to go, what to do with their life. Yeah. They're wandering. You know, especially now, in 2022, this is the most, in history, by the way, this is the most, uh, the highest percentage of young people that have not launched out into life yet. Yeah. Highest than ever before in history. Long, they're living with their parents the longest, Living with right? their parents, not working a job, not, they don't know what they want to do with their I life. I think if you're 23 living with your parents, you're just a failure. Yeah. <laughs> you're, <laughs> to me. It's, that's my story, guys. It's, so it's like, you know, um, there's my friend Derek Hale from West Virginia keeping the Depp Gel Company in business. He's the last person on earth buying this, LA Looks Gel and just gelling that, his hair. Is that art. Kenneth? Oh, I thought it was Kenneth H. I was like, I thought <laughs> Kenneth Hagen's ghost was on the broadcast with us today. But <laughs> it's Kenneth M. <laughs> it's Kenneth M, different guy. But pray for pray for everybody because there's people that are they're looking to hear a word from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Looking to to move forward and they feel struck. There's people who feel stranded. You've got to get a word from the Lord. You know, people are people are so unsure about what they should do, and especially when you see everything that's going on in the world. People are like so unsure about what they should do with their life. Right. Now's the time. If you've ever, if there was ever a time to get a word from the Lord, now's the time. That's right. To move forward and be used by God. So yeah. Pray if you would. Yeah. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for everyone watching on the broadcast uh, today. I thank you, Father, that you lead by your Spirit. I thank you that your Word says that those that are your children, your sons, they are led by your Spirit. So, Father, I thank you that no carnal thing will lead them, no flesh will lead them, no soul will lead them. But Father, I thank you that your spirit will lead them where they need to go. Father, I thank you for provision that will be there before they even arrive. I thank you, Father, that we're headed for greatness in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you that this is the year of divine possession. I thank you, Lord, that you empower that which you command. So, Father, I thank you that you empower your word today for your people. I thank you that no outside voice, no man, no person, Nothing shall be able to withhold from your people that which you have promised them. And I thank you that this year, 2022, shall be the greatest year they've ever seen in the name of Jesus as they follow your word and are led by your spirit. I pray it all in that mighty name, the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Ankit, we love you, man. Ankit. I hope you're having a great revival. Oh, there I am. Um, Again, it's like the anime. It's not, yeah. it's, you're talking. T- Tiffany's checked out in the back. She's just doing her own thing. Um, subscribing to magazines. <laughs> She's got a new subscription to Wired magazines coming to her house. Yes. Um, we love you too, Ankit. Hope to see you again yeah, soon. Ankit's great. Where is Largo, Florida? <laughs> too far. Yeah, yeah I, I, like I, do, I know about geography. I do genuinely want to know where it is. I failed geography in school. Um, oh, geography's not even real. I think it's up near like where uh, Pastor Caleb and uh, Kirsten are. Oh, is that the church? I don't know. I think it's near there. Oh, so this is like... But I don't think that's the church, but I think it's near there. Yeah, Clearwater, by near, near Clearwater. Right. Um, Too far. But that's not where they're at. They're in Claremont, so it's a different place. Oh, so many cities. Um, so many cities, <laughs> so many places. Listen, I want to encourage you to sow a seed today. Uh, a portion of everything that you sow today is going to, um, we're going to be getting one of those uh, hair growth for men subscriptions for Brother Ankit for the mustache. For, it's going to come in fuller by the time the year's over in Jesus' name. No, I'm kidding. Tonight, don't forget, 9 o'clock uh, p.m., it's our communion and prayer service as we're getting ready to cross over into March. It's going to be great. Do not miss tonight at 9 o'clock. Um, for those of you that are sowing, we want to encourage you to partner with us. If you've not yet done that, uh, and the Lord's speaking to you, today's the day. Take a step of faith as we're getting ready to do the largest things we've ever done in 2022. 
Watch as God blesses you for standing with us financially. You can go to miracleword.com, click the partner page, and uh, see all that we're doing. For the month of February, and today's the last day, by the way, we're sending you uh, this book by Dr. Mike Murdoch entitled uh, 31 Reasons People Do Not Receive Their Financial Harvest. That's our gift to those that are partnering uh, with us for the month of February. And then, of course, you have a, a choice. For those of you that are standing at $250 or more, we have a drop-down, multiple things that you can choose that you'd like to have. And then for those that are standing at $1,000 or more, we're con- including this uh, Net Study Bible, 60,000 translators' notes. This is one of my favorite study tools that there is available right now. And uh, <laughs> Ankit said he'll be tithing a portion of it back to the top of my head. And so it's going to be, we're going to be the hairiest guys around by the end of the year. Hairy it's going to be a wonderful thing. Um, again, 9 o'clock tonight, do not miss it. Preston, tell everybody how they can uh, get involved with your ministry, how they can find everything you're doing. Well, my Tinder, no. Um, <laughs> I think there's a graphic back there. This is not Grinder, but uh, yeah. audio podcast. If you have trouble sleeping, uh, I think this <laughs> podcast, if as you put it on, you will receive the miracle of divine rest. Um, but you can search me. I have a very creative uh, mind. I'm very creative, if you will. So I named it uh, the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast. Yeah. I know there's like... How did you come... Where do you get your ideas from? Ralph's. Um, (laughs) But um, if you want to find me, search my name and you'll find me. Um, I didn't think of a great name, but my parents did. Um, And so my website also is just my name. PrestonShuttlesworth.com. But it's not about my name. It's about his name. Hide me behind the cross. But capital H. Um, so if you want to find me, you can find me there. Don't let them see me today, Lord. Let them see you. Yeah. I'm thinking about just starting like a mailing list, just doing like old, old ways of reaching people. So I have a website. If you'd like to fax him, you can fax him today. I have a MySpace. At 757. You can find me on LimeWire. Um, but yeah, the, it's the podcast and the website. Plug you can illegally pod- download all of his messages. Yeah. You can. Through f- Napster. Yeah. You can find me on the dark web. Oh, uh, no, no, no. But, yeah, you can find me there. So, PrestonShuttlesworth.com. Yes. And then, of course, the Preston Shuttlesworth audio podcast. Right. And uh, both of those. It's not a video podcast. It's One a, day. It's audio. One day it will be. Amen? I'm believing for it. Um, but, yeah, both of those. Check him out. Subscribe to the podcast. Oh, Twitter. I have a Twitter account. Twitter. You can Send find, him a telegram, um, like Ankit said. I tweet, like, mildly amusing thoughts. Like, I tweeted the other day that, did you know this, Teddy? Didn't know it. But Martin Luther was actually the first human German shepherd. When you think about it, that's true. Because he was the first pastor. And, you know, I don't think. And he was German. Yeah. And then, you know, if the Winter Olympics going on, you know, they're doing these curling. And I I never understood this, but I've never really thought about what those curling stones are made made of. Mm -hmm. I've always taken them for granted. So, so all these kinds of gems you can so, get from his Twitter account. So if you need uh, help sleeping at night, there's the podcast. And then if you want to, like, be angry at my dad jokes, you can follow me on Twitter. <laughs> and then if you want to see, like, pictures from, like, three years ago, you can go to my website. Yes. And uh, it's Instagram. all available. And then, of course. Oh, Instagram. Yes. D- depending on what level your partner, you can be in his top eight on MySpace. Yeah. So. You can join, like, the ones of people that are reaching the gospel with me. <laughs> Or reaching the world. You can't reach the gospel. <laughs> reach that gospel. We love you guys. Yeah. Britt wants to know, do you have a beeper number if you ever want to get beeped so that well, she Well, can... I'm trying to save up for it. It's I'm coming not, soon. I'm not at that level yet. Bethany enjoyed that. She said for granted. Nice. Yeah. Take She's going to be using that later. Yeah, just use it. I think it's a good icebreaker for like a team meeting or something. <laughs> if you meet somebody. <laughs>
People love Winter Olympic jokes. Especially if you're like, uh, especially in places like downtown New York City, just stop someone on the street and be like, hey, do you know what they're making that uh, <laughs> curly? But then walk away before they're they like, react. Get away from me. <laughs> you smell weird. <laughs> we love you guys. Thank you for hanging with us today. Tonight, again, 9 o'clock p.m. Do not miss it. Carolyn and I are back for our communion and prayer service. We want you to send your prayer requests or testimonies. You can go to miracleword.com forward slash prayer. Miracleword.com forward slash prayer. Let, them know, let us know. And then tonight we're going to be praying with you, giving testimonies, taking communion. It's going to be, we're crossing over to March, getting ready for the best month we've ever had. Love you guys so much. Have a great one. We'll talk to you again very soon. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.